killers, murderers, decoding the crime verse. 911, what's your emergency? Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Decoding the Crime Verse. I am Danny, and I'm joined with. <laughs> yeah, let's see. <laughs> realized he wasn't going to introduce uh. himself until I said that. Because <laughs> clearly uh. he needs a little, little bit of assistance. Dun dun dun. Mm. Dun dun. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, well, as promised, we have an assassination for you. Da 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 da. Da. And I think I've now sparked dun, Nash's dun. interest in Roman history. You, uh, I literally, <laughs> even like after a year, I still want to go and sit down and watch other videos and actually see what so happened. There's this trend on Yo. TikTok that went around where girls would ask their boyfriends slash husbands how many times a day they thought about the Roman Empire. Mm. And all the guys were saying like three, four times a day. And I was like... The guys cannot be really obsessed with the Roman Empire to this extent. <laughs> and I feel like I've just started Nash's obsession with the yes, Roman Empire. Yes, guys, uh, definitely. Uh, I, I, I was watching about it and I'm definitely going to be watching about I'm it. I'm busy after. studying it actually in university and it's actually mm. very interesting. But today we're diving into one of the oldest and infamous, possibly one of the first assassinations dun, 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 dun. in human history. Dun, dun. Okay, which mm. was the assassination of Julius Caesar. Let now, us go. lots of people know Julius Caesar. I mean, it's that's where the whole expression "stabbed in the back" came from. It came from <laughs> Julius Caesar. Uh, you might have even read the Shakespeare play. Yeah, Julius Caesar. Mm-hmm. No, I have not, and I don't intend on doing it anytime soon. I summarized it. I didn't read it. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, just so you get some context, at this point, Rome was a republic. They had a senate. Let's okay? go. Hey. And then we have Mr. Julius Caesar, hmm. who wanted to implement himself as like a king emperor type of person so Mm. that is kind of the background um and so for centuries we've been told that two roman senators called brutus and cassius masterminded the plot to butcher julius caesar on (laughs) the idis of march but is that the whole story did the brains behind the conspiracy actually reside somewhere else entirely in one of caesar's greatest allies Hmm. now you see this is another thing these were senators he appointed the senate Mm. okay so Mm. these are people who he thought he could trust okay That's number one. You know you've messed up when the people you appoint yourself are wanting to kill you. Yeah. Okay, because it's not like you... Yeah, it's not like random strangers from a different political party like, Mm. I don't know, what assassin... Oh, like Abraham Lincoln's assassination. This is people who were supposed to be on your side. Anyway, it was the morning of the 15th of March, 44 BC, okay? The Ides, which was what was basically called the middle of the month. So that's why they always say the Ides of March. So that mm. means like the, the 
So there'd be the Ides of November. That would be my birthday, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> the Ides of September or mm-hmm. December. But basically just means the middle of the month. Yeah. The Senate was in session that day, its members eagerly awaiting the dictator's arrival. Yet, Caesar had decided not to attend, allegedly because of bad health. But in fact, the real cause was a series of ill omens that had terrified his wife. Now, apparently, obviously, it had leaked a little bit, so... Actually, Caesar had been warned, like, beware the Ides of March. Like, yeah. th- there was, like, a suspicion that there was something amiss. Many people, like psychologists, say that's probably what caused his wife's bad dreams. Because she, she literally had a bad dream of the house collapsing. And, like, she was, like, holding Julius Caesar's dead body. But it's probably because, you know, when you hear, like, a prophecy and stuff, it, like, plays on the back of your mind. Yeah, and then... To a sense. Yeah. So, he actually was now not... He was more wanting to comfort his wife than place Senate. Mm. So, he actually was going to stay home. Which obviously would have thrown the whole assassination plan down the toilet. (laughs) However, Decimus changed Caesar's mind. Caesar decided to go to Senate, the Senate meeting after all. Okay? Yeah. So, he actually did this by saying to Caesar that there was a new bill the Senate wants to pass to make him king. So, he literally tricked Caesar Mm. with the thing Caesar most wanted. Yeah. What Caesar didn't know, that was more than 60 conspirators were waiting for him there. Their daggers ready. Decimus, however, was all too aware he was one of the plot's ringleaders and his actions that morning were about to change the course of history. Mm. Now, 60 people, 60 people involved in assassination plot. I mean, normally when you think of assassination, you think of a group of like 10, 20, not even 20. 20. I'd say like five people. You want to keep it like closed circle because you don't want it leaking. But 60 people, and note that out of there were only like 300 senators that day that showed up. So mm. 60 out of those 300, that's like hey. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too tired to do math in my head right now. But it's quite <laughs> a percentage. Yeah. Anyway, it's like 20%. Sorry, my, my brain did the math anyway. It's like 20%. <laughs> Caesar was fond of Decimus. He was a long time com- comrade in arms and trusted yeah. lieutenant and he let him speak so he trusted decimus mm. when decimus was like yo dude they're gonna appoint you as king like you better like if you don't come then they're not gonna pass yeah. the bill etc etc despite this most historians have traditionally cast brutus and cassius as the brains behind the conspiracy they tend to omit decimus even in shakespeare's play decimus is not actually there or, mm. Well, he's there, but he's renamed. So it's like the character's not exact. Yeah. Yet Decimus was key. His motives are less opaque than most think. And his behavior shows just how well organized and the conspirators were. So mm. to give some context, context by 44 BC, 
Julius Caesar was the most famous and controversial man in Rome. Hmm. A populist political star and great writer, he excelled in the military realm as well, pulling off a lightning conquest of Gaul, roughly France and Belgium, where that is today, yeah. as well as invading Britain, Britain and Germany. And this was between 58 and 50 BC. Hmm. When is enemies the old god in the senate removed him from command caesar invaded italy and went on to total victory in a civil war that ranged across the mediterranean so i mean he's a pretty talented military general yep definitely his challenge now was to reconcile his surviving enemies and to convince staunch republicans to accept his power as dictator this is a daunting task. Hey. In the civil war between Caesar and the Roman general Pompey, Brutus and Cassius both supported Pompey, okay, and then later changed sides. So they were not on Caesar's side in the beginning. They were with Pompey, okay. So already you can see that their history is not a great one. Yeah. In contrast, however, Decimus backed Caesar from start to finish. So I think his betrayal is probably worse than Brutus and Cassius because this is like a lifelong... This is like your childhood friend suddenly wanting mm -hmm. to kill you. Hey. During the conflict, Caesar appointed Decimus as his lieutenant to govern Gaul in his absence. At the war's end in 45 BC, Decimus left Gaul and returned to Italy with Caesar. This is where things now started to turn a little bit sour between mm -hmm. the two. Between September 45 BC and March 44 BC, it's weird that the numbers are counting down. I forget that this is because it's BC. <laughs> because it's going towards yeah. the birth of Christ. <laughs> so 45 happened before 44. It's like weird yeah. in my brain. But anyway. It was during this time that Decimus changed his mind about Caesar. We don't know why, but it probably had more to do with power than principle. Hey. So just a few theories. Perhaps... What moved Decimus was the sight of the two triumphal parades in Rome in autumn 45 BC that Caesar allowed his lieutenants in Spain to celebrate against all custom, but Caesar didn't grant the same privilege to Decimus for his victory over the fierce Gaelic tribe. Hmm. Or perhaps it was Caesar's appointment of his grandnephew Octavian, who later becomes Augustus. Augustus basically then became the first emperor of Rome. He was Augustus mm. Caesar. Okay. Um, and Octavian had the whole, uh, the war between Mark Antony and then Octavian wins. And then that's when he gets appointed Augustus. So there's mm. lots of drama in Roman history. <laughs> hey. Let's just put it hey. that way. Anyway, so he appoints Octavian as his second in command in a new war in 44 BC against Parthia, I think, yeah, which Parthia. is roughly ancient Iran and Rome's a rival in the eastern Mediterranean. Okay, so you can you can understand maybe he was a bit upset because during this time, instead of being Caesar's command, after being so close with Caesar, he had to stay behind and govern Gaul. And he's like, why didn't you take me when you're appointing your little stupid nephew guy, Octavian? Why didn't you take me? Or it could have been, oh, 
why aren't you allowing me the same privileges? Do you get what I'm saying? It's kind of yeah. like bitter resentment towards him. Yeah. However, whatever his motives were, once he turned on Caesar, Decimus was indispensable. So he now made up his <sighs> mind. Now, you see, this is the thing. My grand made a joke. My grand's a history teacher. She said, ancient history, especially Roman history, was not won by politics and democracy. It was by assassinations and plotting. Uh, th- that's just the way things worked back the- back mm. in those days. So when he's now decided, yo, dude, I am against you. It's like, no, Ish. it's a solid rock. You're not moving him. He's like cemented to the ground in his appeal. Die on that hill. <laughs> Literally. Ish, ish. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he was both the plotter's chief of security and their leading spy, as he was the mm. only conspirator mm. in Caesar's inner circle. Decimus was a mole able to report on what Caesar was thinking. Mm. What's more, Decimus controlled a troop of gladiators, which played a key role in the assassination day. Do you know something, though? Mm. So I also learned this from my gran. An emperor's popularity um, related directly to how many gladiator games they put on. Put on. So, sure. so gladiators obviously fought in like the Colosseum yeah. and stuff like that. That was people's only entertainment. So think of it as that's the movies. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So uh, the more popular emperors actually were the ones who put more games on because then people mm. had more sources of entertainment. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, the emperors <laughs> provided like the food and whatever, whatever, like <laughs> all the emperor stuff, but their popularity sure. really kind of... Instead of, oh, my life is good, it was more about, are they providing entertainment mm. or not? So, mm. there's an interesting fact for it's you. fine. We're going to take FIFA back <laughs> <laughs> for them. Mm. But, I mean, have you ever seen the Colosseum? How big it is? Nope. Like, that thing, I'll actually, I wonder how many seats were in the Colosseum. Interesting, because... Uh, yeah, no, I just thought of... Basically, what it would be, it would be as if the British Prime Minister's popularity depended on how many football games were yeah, in they, Yeah, yeah. Or South Africa, I don't mm. know, maybe rugby um, and things like that. 50,000? Yeah, it's seated around... Oh, wait, no, it could accommodate 87,000 people. 87,000. Yeah. That's a lot of people. That's a big building. Mm-hmm. Or a time where they didn't have cranes to build. Them. Imagine you. Sometimes ancient architecture like <laughs> blows my mind. Because think of the pyramids. Yeah. There's not a we didn't they didn't have cranes like we have cranes. Mm. You understand. Which, uh, and then you you find out that they are they are architect. You know, and their structures are even stronger than some of... Do you understand? Like, like, you oh, understand? Oh, like, oh, those oh. pyramids haven't moved an inch for oh. how many years? Like, they're mm. there. Mm. No one... We can't even figure out how they <laughs> built them. Think about it. Even in, 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 in Peru, the, the Incan and the Mayan temples still stand... I mean, they've got, like, like plants grown over them. Imagine. Whatever. But they're still there. Rain, yeah. sunshine... I mean, think about it. Egypt, a pyramid. There's sandstorms. <laughs> Those things are still standing. Still I just Ish. don't. It just blows my. It blows my brain. Like we were in, we were in a British museum in in England, and they had this. I don't even know how they got it inside the museum. This gigantic like column that must have been the column for something, a building or. But the detail of the carving on that column, I just don't understand because that would have had to be done by hand. 
Yeah. And it just blows my brain because we then sit like with this and then you buy something and it <laughs> breaks in five minutes. Just like, why? Uh, you understand? I, like, I, the quality I, of things. Or mm. even someone, I saw a picture. If you look at architecture from like Europe in the old days compared to now, like even the lamp posts were like designed with like intricate detail. Mm. And nowadays it's kind of just like, <laughs> uh, like do you understand we've gotten so bland it, yeah you, 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 like the buildings in of ancient like I, of, of of medieval europe are so intricate and beautiful and the statues and whatever and then you get modern glass steel buildings which i'm kind of like we're losing all that like art and architecture just anyway, keep it story great. for another I, day sorry yeah. that was my Ish. rant Ish. But anyway, the Colosseum seated 87,000 people, if anyone ever wondered that. Yeah, that's a lot. Anyway, Caesar remained in Rome between October 45 and March 44 BC, which was his longest stay mm. there in years, obviously as he moved around a bit. Mm. And so he never revealed his program, but his actions betrayed that he aimed to change Rome's governments. Mm. He behaved ever more dictatorial and ways and some... Up in his adoption of the unprecedented title of dictator for life. Yes. He maintained Rome's traditional republican magistrates, but elections increasingly became more formalities. Mm. Caesar had the real power of appointment. Okay, his councils, his magistrates and senators saw power shifting to Caesar's secretaries and advisors. Some of them had only recently become Roman citizens. Sure. Some had even... Some were even freed men, as in former slaves. So mm. what happened was, you see, this is what made the people in the Senate start to grumble, is that they saw their power diminishing. Go, yeah. And that's now where the problem lies. Yeah. They saw Caesar now taking the power, and now they were like, no, 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 no. Hey. We like our little seats in Senate where we hey. get to have a say in the nation. Yeah. So they were like, he has to go. Mm-hmm. Okay, Caesar was not king, but he had acquired the equivalent of royal power. Hey. There was another issue at play here, the prospect of what would happen after Caesar's death. To his critics, the favor he showed to Octavian raised the terrifying prospect of a dynasty. Hey. So they also didn't like the idea of, you know, like now it passes on from mm-hmm. king to king and king. I like to from... The, like Queen Elizabeth, it went to Charles and stuff like that. They didn't mm. like that prospect. Yeah. Even though Octavian ended up being emperor anyway as Augustus, but that's beside the point because then that actually <laughs> means this whole thing was pointless yeah. because it still happened. Yeah. But that's hey. beside the point. Hey. Hey. Some Romans responded to Caesar's growing flattery. They voted him a long stream of honors, including most egregiously naming him a god with plans afoot <laughs> for priests and a temple. Interesting. Interesting. Hey. Do you know, I'm pretty sure the month of July is named after Julius Caesar, if I'm not mistaken. And August is named July, after Augustus. Julie. You understand? And August <laughs> is Augustus. Uh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So January, Jan, Jan, June. No, you know what, guys? I'm going to go and look at all the history <laughs> and see what's happening in every single department, and then I'll tell you. 
Others, <laughs> however, decided he had to be stopped, and so they decided on assassination. They acted in the name of the Republic and Liberty and against the budding monarchy, but they also saw in his growing influence as a threat to their own power and privilege. So they said, oh, we're doing this for the people. We're doing hmm? this for the Republic. But, you know, they were really doing to keeping themselves in power. Plans to assassinate Caesar were attested as early as summer of 45 BC, but the conspiracy was struck on the Ides of March, did not... Well, did not gel until February 44 BC. So mm. people had been trying, but then the idea for the Ides of March came up for the in, in, in February. Yeah. And like we said, 60 men joined it. According to a latter writer, Seneca, the majority of the conspirators were not Caesar's enemies slash former allies of Pompey, but his friends and supporters. That certainly can't be said, however, for Brutus and Cassius, the best-known conspirators. <laughs> That's probably why they painted as the best-known conspiracies, because mm. they had the background of being his enemy. Mm. Cassius was a military man and a former Pompey supporter mm. who mm. despised Caesar's dictatorial ways. As for Brutus, he was hardly a friend of Caesar. Brutus's mother was Caesar's former mistress. <laughs> However, Brutus supported Pompey until the latter lost to Caesar in the battlefield of 48 BC, at which Brutus switched sides. Hmm. He promptly betrayed his ex-chief by providing Caesar intelligence about hey. the likely whereabouts of Pompey, who had escaped after the battle. Afterwards, Caesar rewarded Brutus with high office. In hey. the summer of 45 BC, Brutus divorced his wife and remarried. His new bride was Portia, who's his cousin, first of all, and more, more importantly, the daughter of Caesar's late arch enemy, Cato. <laughs> so you can already see there's some, there's some <laughs> trouble here. Crucially, in the winter of 44 BC, Caesar's opponents began calling on Brutus to uphold the tradition of his ancestors, who <laughs> included the founder of the Roman Republic, Lucius Junus Brutus, the man who had led the expulsion of Rome's kings hundreds of years ago. <laughs> so it was through a combination of pride, principle, and perhaps love for his wife that he turned on Caesar, because people are like, hey. no, you have to stay true to your roots. You can't now support someone who is a king when your ancestors fought so hard to get rid of a king yeah hey with generals such as De Demis uh, decimus, decimus. <laughs> cassius and caesar's veteran commander trebonius involved yeah. one would expect nothing less than military precision the assassins chose to end caesar's life themselves rather than hiring killers a decision mm. that showed mm. the seriousness of purpose. And by striking at a Senate meeting, they made it a public act, which turned it from a murder to an assassination. Mm. 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 That it was a professional operation, it even reflected the killer's choice of weapon. Sure. Caesar's assassins attacked him with daggers and not swords. 
because swords were too big to sneak into the Senate House and mm. too unwieldy for use in close quarters. In sure. particular, the killers used an actual military daggers that most Romans had. Yeah. Military daggers were not only practical weapons, but honorable ones. Okay, hmm. Caesar supporters later called the assassins common criminals and accused them of using a scythe, which is a, sh- uh, a short curved blade that had negative connotation of a switchblade or a flick knife. So basically, hmm. it's, it's, the same, um, it's the same knife that is on the communist's emblem. It's that like knife that looks like this. Yeah. yeah. So uh, no one can see what I'm doing, but that's what <laughs> I was doing. I was drawing the shape of the knife in the air. Jade in your mind. <laughs> so in 44 BC, Brutus issued a coin that celebrated the Ides of March with two military daggers. Okay, obviously they wanted to make sure that they were seen as assassins and mm. not murderers the yeah. assassins took place about half a mile away from the forum of in pompey senate house ironically built by caesar's great rival it was part of a huge complex including a theater a park uh, shops and offices okay mm. and gladiatorial games took place in the theater mm. on the eyes of march which gave decimus an excuse to deploy his gladiators near the scene Okay. Okay. Their real purpose was a backup security force. As a general, Caesar had a bodyguard, but he made a point of dismissing it after returning to civilian life in Rome. He Mm. wanted to seem accessible and fearless. What's more, only senators could enter the Senate meeting, so most of Caesar's... while his but the rest of but, his yeah. entourage would remain outside the building. Yeah. Okay. This made the dictator uniquely vulnerable inside the Senate House. Still, Caesar had appointed many of the senators personally, and they included military men. Mm. If it if they came to Caesar's aid, they could overwhelm the assassins. So there's many things that could go wrong. Yeah. However, the assassins' response to this threat was to attack at speed, isolate their target before striking. Even before Caesar took his seat on the tribunal, which was kind of like a throne, several mm. assassins stood behind the chair while others surrounding him as if trying to grab his attention. The truth is that they were forming a perimeter. So they didn't have like a person they're like no brutus you're gonna be the one yeah. to kill him it was kind of like whoever can get a knife into this man's chest hey. do it mm. then the attack sprang into actions action tilius kimba a hard drinking scrapper of a soldier whom caesar favored held his hand out disrespectfully and pulled on caesar's clothes which then um revealed his shoulder okay where then Casca stabbed him. Hmm. However, he missed and just raised Julius Caesar's soldier. At this, he said, why this violence? Caesar tried to fight back, okay? He stabbed Casca with his stylus, which is Mm -hmm. basically a small writing utensil, and managed to get back up. Okay, like I said, it only grazed his shoulder. Then Cassius slashed him in the face. Mm, mm, mm. 
Caesar then backed away into Cassius's brother who stabbed him in between the ribs. And it is said that this was the fatal wound. This was the hey. one that was going to kill him. Yeah. Two of Caesar's supporters among the senators then attempted to reach him, but the conspirators blocked their way and forced them to flee. Caesar tried to flee, but the rest of the conspirators crowded around him and attacked. Decimus wounded him in the thigh and he fell to the ground before Brutus then stabbed him between the legs. And it is reported but not confirmed that then Caesar said to Brutus, you too, child. Before the end, he wrapped his um, cloak around his face, okay, and to preserve his dignity and it is ironic that he died at the foot of the statue of his rival Pompey. Hmm. Meanwhile, Tribonius had been assigned to basically distract Mark Antony and engaged with him in conversation outside the Senate's door. Antony was a veteran soldier who was strong, dangerous, and very loyal to Caesar. Mm. So he'd ent- if he'd been in the Senate room, then there would have been issues because he would have gone to Caesar's aid. With Mark Antony detained, there was little Caesar could do to defend himself. It probably only took minutes for him to die, succumbing to what most sources state as 23 stab wounds. Sure. Yeah, because after actually the the last Hmm. stab in between Hmm. his legs and then he pulls the cloak over himself, all the other senators decided to have a go at him and then people just randomly started stabbing him. Yeah. For all its brilliance, the plots to kill Caesar didn't prove the peace that the assassins had hoped. Civil war soon broke out again and to a man they were to suffer violent deaths. What's more, the republic that they'd aimed to defend perished and gave way to an empire anyway so basically this assassination did absolutely squat jack yeah they're still an empire and still emperors okay that however does not brand them as foolish idealists it merely showed that their political acumen did not match the military skill they displayed on the ides of march yeah so unfortunately they went through all the effort to receive the same (laughs) outcome in a Probably a just prolonged air effort because if Caesar had done it, they would have gone into an empire straight away. Yeah. Whereas this, they had to fight a whole civil war about it. And then we had Augustus oh, yeah. come into power. And then as tribute thereafter, that's why everyone was then called Augustus Caesar or whatever Caesar. It became the kind of like the term for the emperor in yeah. honor of Julius Caesar. Yeah. So... I mean, because actually what happened, the reason he was able to declare himself the dictator Julius Caesar in the first place is Rome had a rule. So Rome mm. was a republic with voting and everything. Mm. But in the instance of military or war or whatever, an emergency dictator could have been declared mm. because in war you need decisions made fast. Yeah. Whereas a Senate takes time because there's voting and everything, whereas a dictator can be like A, B, C, D. So during that time before where, like I said, he was, um, Julius Caesar was obviously, there was the whole civil war and we were speaking yeah. about it. That's when he was able to declare himself as a dictator. His problem was, is that he didn't want to give that up. Aish. So Caesar didn't want to give that up, which then, then 
resulted in these people being like, oh, hell no, kill Caesar, go yeah. into a civil war just for it to be introduced yeah, anyway. Ish. So it just basically ended up with a lot more blood and guts and gore than if they'd actually just let Caesar do what he was doing. Yeah. So Roman history, it's a lot. It's its very juicy and extra, if I it's can It's definitely it. juicier there, I can say. It's yes. very extra. I agree. Like, I mean, even if we look, I was, this week I was studying just the geography of the Roman Empire. How big the Roman, I didn't realize how big the empire actually was. Mm. Like, it stretched, like, actually, I can get, let me show Nash the map probably be able to understand it better Mm. but i mean it stretched over the whole of basically europe it had parts of africa parts of the middle east like this was no small Mm. like it wasn't a small empire and i'm guessing it's going back to the amount of territories they won no i'm gonna show you so i'm sorry for you listeners but you can go google a map of the roman empire okay I'll show you. Where's my... I've lost my mouse. Oh, there's my mouse. (laughs) It's lost. (laughs) Find. Okay. No, wait. Then it grows. So, I mean, literally, that is huge. Hmm. Because that's the top of Africa. Yeah, yeah. That is most of Europe. I mean... That's not a small empire. Mm. People are probably even traveling by boat to go on the other side. Because actually, actually Augustus Caesar, he is in power when his end of his reign is actually when Jesus is born. Mm. So then we start to go into then obviously AD instead of BC. But I mean, this empire was not a small thing i mean Mm. they basically to them they ruled the known world they ruled everything they knew existed yeah obviously didn't know about like the north americas and stuff like that yeah in those days but they they ran so much i mean to have that much military power i mean that's insane Mm. And actually, ironically, another thing with the Roman Empire, there's the saying that Rome wasn't built in a day, but it burnt in one. That's not actually true. The fall of Rome happened over time. It wasn't like a sudden collapse or Mm. like suddenly the French Revolution started. It wasn't like that. It kind of like sputtered out. People got independence and whatever, whatever, and it then kind of fluttered out until Mm. it was just kind of Italy and Rome. But I mean, this is a massive empire. Mm. I mean went on for who i mean it was before the birth of christ and basically fell in the middle ages which is like the 1400s i mean that's insane Hmm? and that's like mental in my brain and i think they were yeah this guy is like gangster because the amount of attempts that even like the your, your the germans they tried to take over and they still failed yeah. No, they were yeah. brilliant. And so there is a lot in Roman history, a lot in Roman history. Yeah. But that is the assassination of Julius Caesar. You now know where the expression stabbed in the back came from. Please don't stab <laughs> people in the back, guys. It's not nice. Yeah. But otherwise, we will see you next time. Yeah, yeah.
Active FM. Radio has never been better.